2: He's got Max Danball picked off. He's around Chase with Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And
0: Rich France.
2: The number 11 Hillegard machine does have a flat right front tire. Uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan
0: short track racing authority. This is Tom. And this is Tracy Herndley. This is your
3: 2020 Great Lakes traditional sprints champion, Michael Adgett. This is Tyler Roark. This is David Melkey.
4: This is Travis Stemler. Bobby Santos. Tom Fury. He's a must for Travis in And this.
1: Is Horsepower Happenings? Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings, a very special snowball derby edition. Holy smokes, do we got a lot to talk about? We've got some local stuff to bring you as well. It's gonna be a great night, so let's get into it, shall we? break down all the things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. It was a first, and it took 190 starts for it to become a first. Sergio Perez became a Grand Prix winner in Formula 1. Coming back from an early race incident, Perez took the lead on lap 79 when George Russell was sent pick, uh, pen, uh, pit side rather, with a punctured tire. The Ar- Arkham Series has finalized its 2021 schedule, which opens on Saturday, February 13th at Daytona International Speedway and concludes at Kansas in October. The 20 race schedule will see 19 different venues and will again include a Sioux Chief Showdown Locally, Toledo and Berlin both have dates on the 2021 calendar. Chris Madden won the Dryden Extreme Dirt Car Series Grinch 40 for the second straight season on Saturday night. Coming from the sixth starting spot, Madden secured the point inside of the first 10 laps on his way to the victory. Those things happening in a Motor City Minute tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France sits across the counter from beautiful Pensacola. Good evening, Rich. How are you?
2: Oh, I'm fantastic, Zach. We have had so much fun the last three days, it's got to be illegal, I think.
1: I'm telling you what, man, and and, and let's uh, say this again, glad to be doing a show live, uh, you know, face-to-face, carefully. And uh, we're here in Pensacola. We had a chance to uh, go to the Snowball Derby my first
2: time. And uh, your your second return time. Second, yep, I was here in 2017.
1: And man, what a blast! Uh, four days of racing, uh, starting on Thursday with some local shows and with some practice, and uh, rolling right on through a what I think was a spectacular snowball derby. And of course, we'll get to that. But Rich, uh, let's start. We're going to break this. this the tonight's show is going to break down everything. And if you're listening from the top, um, we've got interviews lined up tonight from uh, Pensacola that include Derek Thorne, Hunter Jack, Dan Leak. Uh, we'll talk to Casey Roderick, All-American 400 champion. Uh, we talked to Travis Braden. What a story Travis Braden had coming in. And uh, then, of course, we'll talk to Caden Lapsovich. Uh, we'll talk to your race winner, Ty Majeski uh we'll talk to Derek Thorne and get his post-race thoughts again as well and uh that that's just the tip of the iceberg right we got so many other people that we want to talk to that we did talk to including NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott we got a chance to talk to
2: yeah that was great uh we didn't know if it it, it took us to the last day to make that happen you know but uh we, I, I, we need to thank Terry Seneca yep. uh, for for working that out for us and we got to talk to Terry a little bit too so uh, uh I th- I got to thank Terry. Uh, thanks for hooking us up with that interview, and, and thanks for him joining us as well. And uh, I think we had some fun with it.
1: You know, uh, so things started on Thursday, and I really want to do start there because that's the first day on track for these drivers. And right out of the box, Rich, we were concerned because this was one of the best classes I think the Snowball Derby's ever had. Everybody's talking about all the talent that was down there, and the talent, for the most part, was at the bottom of the barrel by the end of the practice day on Thursday.
2: It was unbelievable who was having problems, and and these were drivers that you wouldn't expect to have problems. Uh, Bubba Pollard was at the at the bottom of the charts. Uh, Carson Hosevar couldn't get that right that car right all weekend long um, through qualifying and into the last chance race, uh, and didn't make the show. It was and Noah Gregson, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver, could not make the show through the last chance race. Couldn't find speed in his machine. So uh, Zach. That last chance race looked like a pretty good feature in itself, and a lot of guys didn't make the per- make the show.
1: Now, as we break it down, the final session on Thursday did shake out the way you probably expected it to when when they went out there and did their qualifying run. Derek Thorne, top of the board, Caden Honeycutt. What a guy we're going to talk about. Caden Honeycutt in that two machine. Steven Nassi, third. Time fourth. Hunter Robbins, in fifth. At the end of Thursday's practice. But there are some notables that are buried, right? Chase Elliott, ninth. Sammy Smith, tenth. Boris Yorkovic, the driver out of Illinois, uh, regular at Berlin Raceway, 14th. Uh, Grant Enfinger, 17th. Ross Kenseth, 16th. Carson Hosevar buried back in 21st. At the end of Thursday's practice, Rich, um, these guys came into qualifying day a little nervous, uh, you know, and, and final practice days. And, uh, man, some scary times for, for a
2: lot of these drivers with, with a huge field. It it was a huge field, and and we had already discussed this was probably one of the more impressive fields from top to bottom um, that we have seen at a Snowball Derby in many years. Mm -hmm. Um, And it showed through qualifying as well that some some top drivers uh, that usually don't have a problem making these super late model crown jewels and performing well uh, had problems this weekend.
1: Well, was it any surprise, and maybe it was, that one of the guys that had a, really a, a, a good run was that of Derek Thorne, man. He had been fast all weekend, and he continued to do so right right through his qualifying effort.
2: Derek Thorne was fast at the last crown jewel at the All-American 400 about oh, a little over, uh, over a month ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he probably, he, he dominated the All-American 400, probably should have won that race. Carson Hosovar was getting better. Um, yeah but but that incident end of the night for both of them uh, and he just showed up here at Pensacola and picked up right where he left off in Nashville
1: well and speaking of how much speed he had he did it enough to get the pole rich and not only the pole he did it for the second year in a row how awesome is that and you had a chance to catch up with him after he climbed out of the car after he
2: was announced as the pole sitter man Derek You have had such a fast car lately, fast all weekend at the All-American 400 in Nashville. Uh, Two years in a row, lead the field to green here in Pensacola. Man, it's got to feel good.
5: Yeah, it's a dream come true, man, to be able to be in front of such a class, uh, top be in front of such great guys at a track like this, at a race like this, you know, it's, you almost got to pinch yourself. And uh, just can't thank Byron and Carol Campbell enough for putting together such an awesome team, and Mike Keene for all he's done to get these cars as good as they were. This thing was really tore up after Nashville, after we led so many laps. So it's really cool to know this thing still has a lot of speed in it, and to be sitting in front of such an awesome group of drivers at the Snowball Derby coming to Greens a pretty
2: awesome feeling. A Little nervous on the first lap. Uh, big pickup something. Had a little issue on the first lap uh, before you popped off that second one, what happened there?
5: I uh, Just got too greedy off of two and ended up getting a little bit too free and um, had to gather back up. car was really good the second lap, um, didn't hit my marks quite right so I think I left a little bit on the table but all in all awesome
2: be able to have the speed and be able to put it all together. 300 laps here on Sunday. You're gonna lead the field to green. Um, how do you get to the end and have a chance to win this thing?
5: Uh just make smart choices. We got to use tomorrow. We get a good, good, bit of time tomorrow to try to make some race runs. So we got some things to still learn about this car and see what we can do to make this thing good on the long run as well. And um, pretty much when the race starts, green flag falls, just take good notes and make sure you communicate with the crew chief enough to be able to get good changes and put yourself in a good position to be up front towards the end.
2: Derek, congratulations. Maybe we'll talk to you Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, maybe. So. Derek Thorne sets the pole, Rich, and that's a big story in its own. They locked in 30 drivers on time. The amount of talent that did not lock in on time on Friday night was astounding.
2: Yeah, it was it was, it was rather unbelievable. And and one of them that you would not have picked or we would all have lost money on if we would have said he was in a last-chance race was Chase Elliott. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, that car, I, I figured they would have a little bit of time kind of Terry Seneca trying to figure out what Chase likes in a car. Mm-hmm. It took him a little bit. This right. wasn't just show up and here's oh, they, your
1: car, go drive it. They turned a lot of laps during the practice sessions. I don't think they missed a practice session.
2: No, and 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 they weren't doing my qualifying runs. They were trying to get some speed out of that car any way they could. Yeah. And Terry was working real hard. And, uh, you know, finally – for the last chance qualifier, 50 laps, they found the speed they were looking for all weekend.
1: Listen to some of these guys that fell outside of the bubble, uh, which bubble is the 30th position. That's where you needed to qualify to lock in on time. 31st, Augie Grill in the 112 machine. A guy that that rules down in here and, and runs Florida all the time. Three-time winner of the Snowball Derby. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Cody Connor qualified pole for the All-American 400 earlier this season, 33rd. Uh, Noah Gregson. 35th in the 51 G machine. Everybody knows who Noah Gregson is. Uh, Carson Hosevar, 36th. Bubba Pollard, 37th. Derek Griffin, 38th. Um, Coming on down the line here, Chase Elliott qualified 42nd quick. Sammy Smith, 44th quick. And uh, that's pretty much the cap of of the drivers. Chandler Smith, for some reason, listed as
2: 53rd and uh, didn't get a time in, uh, which there's a whole new story, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the whole story about that. He got a time in all right, but uh – you know, at the drivers' meeting, they told these drivers do not have a cell phone in your car. Yeah, Chandler Smith pulled off after his qualifying effort, which was a pretty decent qualifying effort. And they checked him, and he had a phone in his in his pocket. So, Oops! Uh, they disqualified his time. Had to go to. the the back of the last chance race, and he raced his way in as well.
1: And we'll talk with him, and talk about what he did later on coming up. But uh, also part of uh, you know you do the qualifying thing for the super late models, and super late models kind of get, I think, the snowball derby right. They they get the spotlight, Rich, but a sidelight's gotta go to what's going on with the snowflake. And we had some drivers that we were watching down there, including our own Dan Leek that we just talked to last week.
2: Exactly, uh, you know. And Derek Thorne, fast again, started on the pole of that event. I mean, he was just lighting it up this weekend. Derek Thorne had a fast uh, snowflake car and snowball car. But, uh, you know, yeah, we talked to Dan and – on his way down here mm-hmm. uh, on the show, and uh, I thought we'd go over after qualifying and bef- before they were getting ready for the Snowflake 100 and catch up with Dan and just see how his weekend was Caught going. up with the gentleman, uh, two-time Jake Seary All-Stars Tour champion. Talked to him on the show uh, before he came down here. Dan Leak, uh, 1691. You're going to roll off 15th. Uh, how, how did that lap feel for you?
3: Uh, pretty good. Normally, 15th you know, isn't very stellar, but down here when you're racing with... Uh, the, uh, the amount of talent and money that's down
2: here, uh, 15th is pretty good, I'll take it. They got the cars impounded on pit road, so you're kind of stuck with what you got now for the start of the race. Uh, how comfortably do you feel? Uh, since the time we unloaded, um,
3: you know, I, I've felt that uh, our race run is better than our, than our mock runs. So uh,
2: we're, in, we're in the show, and uh, I think it's going to race really good we were talking about that we've been talking about that the last couple days Uh, the balance kind of between a fast run going out and doing qualifying mock-ups or feeling real comfortable with a car because you got to run 100 laps and you kind of have to have you can't just have a fast car and set it up for a good qualifying run because you probably won't be good at the beginning of the race
3: (laughs) yeah that's right some of these guys they they find a tenth i don't know how or where they get it from but uh i mean our car is really balanced like uh, yesterday we put some tires on and we ended up fifth overall and then today we never put tires on today we just worked on strictly race uh yesterday we found out that we you know we got a car that could make the race today we wanted to to make it good for the race so um I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it.
2: So we said you got to roll off 15th. How much patience is involved from rolling at 15th, or do you have to get up on the wheel early and kind of get some track position?
3: Well, from what I learned last year, you don't want to wait too long, but you do got to wait just a touch there in the beginning, let everybody, you know, kind of sort things out and then, and then go from there. Um, it, it's not a normal CRA hundred lapper where, you know, you want to wait, wait, wait. Cause these boys here don't mess around. <laughs>
2: well, good luck. And, uh, Good, good luck later on tonight, and maybe we'll catch up with you after.
1: All right, man. you. Well, he did have a, a decent run, and we'll break down the full running order coming up. But, uh, you know, we try to cover everybody in the Great Lakes region, and how happy were we to see Hunter Jack down there? Also, Hunter was in the running for a very long time for the best driver. Uh, excuse me, not the best driver. That's our thing. The best-looking car award from down there.
2: Exactly. And, uh, you know, Hunter had him a, a new crew chief. Uh, Jimmy Tucker went down there with him to kind of help him out. And and I thought it was cool, you know, Hunter Jack we see all the time with Ar- in the ARCA CRA Super Series and he run, that that's what he runs primarily, but you know, he takes some spot starts in the Jake CRA All-Stars Tour. And uh, so I, th- I went uh, down to catch up with those guys to see what they were up to and this is what they had to say. He put his car seventh, Hunter Jack, uh, talk about that lap.
3: Yeah, you know, the car's been really good all weekend long. Uh, Jimmy Tucker and, and my dad, Brent and Jack, have really been working away at it, and it's been really good. Um, you know, we did a couple mocks today, didn't go our way, uh, a tire issue or something. But, you know, that, that car felt really good on our qualifying lap, and I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, P7 and the Snowflake, that you know, that's awesome. I've never been here before. So, uh, yeah, we're really excited
2: to get to the race and see what we have. So you're gonna roll off seventh, uh, 100 laps. How do you? What kind of mindset do you go into that race? I mean, that's that's a pretty familiar territory for you.
3: Um. Yeah. You know, you gotta pretty much go hard the whole time. Uh, but there's there's ways you can save the car and go hard the whole time. So, uh, you know, that's our plan. Kind of kind of stay up where we started for you know the first part of the race and and take positions as we can get them. But you know we don't want to push the car too hard early and and you know kind of save that right rear and, and
2: go get them at the end. Let's talk to Jimmy here for a second. Seeing he's standing here with us, Jimmy, you know, it seems like lately every time we go to a racetrack, you're with somebody else. So you're the higher gun. Is it? Uh, did, did you help this this youngster out a, a bit to put him where he's at? <laughs> I think he's the one
3: making me look good this weekend. Uh, you know, not many people can come down here to Pensacola and you know take to it as quick as he did. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because he's standing here. Um, you know, this is one of the more difficult places to get around. There's guys that come down here for years and years and years, and you know, don't look good doing it. Yeah. So um you know we haven't done a ton to the car this weekend you know just little stuff here and there and and the speed's been there and i feel good about tonight we got a good car with good long run pace and um you know it's going to take patience but pro late
2: model race and you got to be up on it all the time too so it's a little bit of 50 50 we'll see how it goes and they got the cars impounded on pit road so whatever you gave him he is kind of stuck with you feel comfortable with that i do i think that uh we made some good long run stuff thursday and and friday
3: we only ran two or three laps i think uh you know on our race run thursday it was most like it'll be
1: tonight cold and chilly and uh i think we got a shot at it all right jimmy thank you very much thank you appreciate it and sometimes luck just is not on your side. <laughs> yeah. uh, those guys were very confident, and they looked good through the early part of the race. But, uh, you know, as as Dan alluded to, this field of pro-late models is not your typical field of pro-late models. And to be quite honest, the Snowflake 100 gobbled up Hunter Jack and spit him out.
2: Yeah, yeah, it did. But, uh, you know, that's what happened. He, he, he had a good start, and it looked like he was doing all right. And then, and then the, you know, as the race went on, um, kind of the— Cream of the crop uh, went to the front, and then everything got interesting, Zach.
1: So the other local guy and friend of the program, Mason Keller, he did have at least one highlight to the weekend. He did win the Best Appearing Car Award through Speed 51, so congratulations to him. That was as far as he got in victory because he ended up finishing 30th in the race, had a mechanical problem, that relished him to the back of the field, uh, got caught up in what he described as somebody else's mess, Two spins and he was done. Hunter Jack directly in front of him, 29th. Uh, how about our buddy Dan Leak though? He did okay. Um, yeah, I talked to him. He said, "I said, did you at least have fun?" He goes, "Not really." Not really. <laughs> Uh, brought it home twelfth. Loaded the car in the trailer in one piece, but still not the run they were looking for.
2: No, same finishers last year. He just have he just didn't have to come from from as far as he did last year to do it. Right. Uh, he looked good at times through that race. He was passing cars uh, on the bottom of the racetrack. That car looked so good. And then as the race went on, he just kind of kind of stalled out where he was at and that was about where he ended up
1: by the way uh michigan native steve dore finished 14th in his race uh, race engineering number 10 machine so uh uh, you know middle of the pack run but again you talk about the talent that's in both of these fields steven Nassie, bubble pollard at the front of the field and jake johnson who we're going you're you're listening to us going who Who talent at the Jake Johnson? Who we're going to break that down after we break down what happened at the front of the snowflake. 100. If you're listening to the show, you know what happened. We don't need to tell you what happened, but we want to give you our opinions (laughs) on what happened. Uh, So, you know, coming out of turn Four, Steven, Nassie, Bubba Pollard, they make contact Pollard spins. Nassie crosses the line. First, he wins for all of about seven minutes. And is disqualified in victory lane.
2: Yeah, and and I th- I think the the most disappointing part of it, Zach, that would that bothers me is they took seven minutes. It
1: took so long to make the decision.
2: And they interviewed Steven Nassi on the front straightaway. They no sooner than as got as the done. Winner.
1: Yeah, and they no sooner than got done interviewing. And the Speed Fifty One individual went.
2: Race fans never mind (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, they they if there was an issue uh or a race control um decision coming they should have delayed that interview now
1: on the on the other on the flip side of the coin i can understand taking your time to make sure you get the call right however this is a call that only about 50 percent of america believes was made correctly
2: well, 50%, I mean that means the other 50 think it was right. Right. Uh, you can go back and forth. Um, I'm of I'm of the opinion that I don't think after watching it uh, three or four times, I'm of the opinion that it was the in- incorrect call.
1: Uh, and so uh, you this is the first you and I've actually discussed our opinions on exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I agree 100%. I believe this th- this looked so much like speed fest in my opinion that it was crazy. You go back to January of 2020, where Stephen Nassie's crying in the pits because he's so mad at Bubba Pollard, and there's groups of people ready to fist fight, and there's <laughs> birds flying all over the place, and we're not talking about seagulls. You, know, uh, you go back to that race, and then you look at what happened on Saturday night, and to me, they look very similar. Bubba Pollard is a very talented race car driver, and he got out of shape, come into the checker, and said, if I'm not going to win this race, neither is Steven Nassie and put on a show. And I believe I believe he could have saved that race car and probably brought it home fifth or sixth, but instead let it spin out, got Steven Nassie disqualified, and you killed two birds with one stone. You don't win the race, but neither does he. See, That's just
2: my opinion. Yeah, my opinion is I'm looking at it from a different way. Um, Steven Nassie got into him. Chased Bubba, him up the hill. Chased him up the hill. Bubba Pollard saved it. Mm-hmm. And then Bubba Pollard thought, if I'm not going to win this race, either is he, like you said, went to spin Nassie out and missed him. Gotcha. And that's when Nassie got ahead and beat him to the. And Bubba went around. Yeah. And I guess in the end. His motive worked, right? right he right.
1: didn't win the race. Right. Um, and if you back it up to the contact, which I think is where the call comes from, the call to disqualify Steven Nassi comes from the contact. I don't believe that that was, that that was belligerent, that it was it was clearly intentional, right? You drive down into turns three and four for a $7,000 to win pro late model race as part of the Snowball Derby. You're going to wiggle somebody.
2: Yeah, they made, they made contact right in the middle of turns three and four was the, where Nassi... But it wasn't like he drilled him.
1: It wasn't like he went to the fuel cell.
2: No, no, not at all. He just moved. He hit him just enough to move him up. Pollard didn't spin for 100 yards later. Okay. That's my problem. It's not like he touched him and he went shooting around, spinning in in turn four. He spun on the main straightaway.
1: Now, Horsepower Happenings fans, let me tell you this. Rich French is a staunch Bubba Pollard fan. And so to break this down and to look at this, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with the call, and that's the fine, the heartbreak too, and the little bit that the, the the sprinkle of salt shaker of suspicion on top of that, because instantly everybody went 364 days ago. We just did this to Stephen Nassie.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and it was ironic. You know, we talked to Stephen after the All American 400 for his pro late model win at Nashville, mm-hmm. and we asked him, "Is this over?" Because they raced so good together at the Blizzard Series at the Southern Super Series Championship right at Pensacola the week before the All-American 400. And even he told us it's only over until it happens again. <laughs> and uh, and it happened again. So maybe, apparently this little rivalry that they have Uh, isn't going away anytime soon
1: and that's the other thing too i don't think steven nasi move i I think but i think steven nasi would move his grandma in that position you know i think he'd wreck his grandmother to win the race it doesn't matter that it's bubba pollard it could have been it could have been chandler smith it could have been who connor okrezic it could have been anybody you're getting the bumper from steven nasi it's
2: short track racing Mm -hmm. like i've always said before you know on our on our old piece this is not daytona right okay um It's not. This is short track racing, and if you don't think you're going to have any contact, don't sign in the pit gate. You know where that piece
1: came from? Last year's Snowball Derby. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and it's it's just ironic how things happen, and it was, like you said, Zach, it was eerily similar. Yeah. So similar to Speedfest. Back in January,
1: only difference was the cars, and so now that it all shakes down, Stephen Nassi's on victory uh, in victory lane. He gets disqualified. The crowd goes nuts. There's people everywhere. It's pandemonium, and in comes this kid from
2: where? Maryland, Pennsylvania, Mass- Massachusetts? Massachusetts. The first winner at at a snowball at a snowball derby. From the state of Massachusetts. Jake
1: Johnson in the 15MA car, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So the 15MA had a very sharp wrap on. Could have easily won best appearing car, in my opinion. Won the last chance qualifier, Rich France.
2: Last chance qualifier starts uh, 31st. In a pro late model race. In a pro late model race. And drives through the field to third. And the reason he wins is because... Bob Pollard and Stephen
1: Nassie get together. <laughs> and I
2: and I remember You called it. And I remember inside 10 laps to go I said the guy in the best position is that 15 car. Yeah. I and I looked at you I said watch.
1: And you even went as far as uh, you looked at me and said the 15 wins this race.
2: And I thought that was going to Yeah.
1: It took 7 minutes for it to become reality.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't think there was a chance um in Hades that Bubba Pollard and Steven we were not going to have contact. Right. I didn't think that chance there – was, there was a chance that wasn't going to happen, and I, I think everybody knew it.
1: So now we really – I really want to put some emphasis on this because I think all of America thought the same thing when the guy who won the last chance qualifier drove through the field – to win the main event, you said it first, and I agreed wholeheartedly. That car doesn't pass tech.
2: <laughs> well, well, they tried to make it not pass tech. Oh my gosh, it uh, was an extensive boy. R- Ricky Brooks, I think, had that car back there for two and a half, three hours, mm-hmm. and they had that thing up in the up in the air. They had the wheels off, they're under it, inside it, everywhere, looking under the hood. Um, I have never seen a race post race tech like we saw after that race. Um, yeah, I'm sure the tech officials were wondering, wait a minute, this guy runs in the last chance race and then drives through a field like they had in the Snowflake? Um,
1: and put it into perspective, Rich, for... we, I know we have a lot of Dirt fans, and if you're still listening, thank you. Stay tuned. Um, we appreciate you. To put it into perspective, passing in a pro late model is not a... It, it comes very few and far between. Most times. It's
2: because... The motors, are, they're crate engines, so they're all about the same, mm-hmm. give or take. And so the power is the same. As long as your car's set up, you know, they're not real hard to set up. They have less power, so you can drive them. You can get in the throttle harder off the corner. We've
1: heard several times yep. it's
2: hard to break the tires loose in a ProLate model. Yep. So that means it's hard to pass. So over the course of a race... How are you going to pass? Well, when one car's maybe going away, their tires are going away, mm-hmm. or their handling is going away and yours isn't. That's how you make a pass. And uh, He didn't do that for 27 cars. <laughs> Jake Johnson drove through the field. Jake, Jake Johnson drove through the field. There there was no attrition right. involved. Not a lot of attrition in 100 laps. You're right. Uh, he made up those 27 spots or 28 spots, whatever it was on his own mm-hmm. um he did an incredible job you got to give it to him
1: I, well, I, I so i am now interested to see where this kid from massachusetts goes because you cleared you cleared one of the, cl- the 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 clearly the most intense tech inspection of the season uh if you had something illegal ricky brooks is gonna find it um and it took him three and a half hours two and a half hours and he couldn't find anything um so jake johnson man put him on your radar Yeah, you might as well.
2: Uh, I I, I bet you we see him back here again next year. What do you think?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are probably correct on that. So there you go. The Snowflake 100. Um, Jake Johnson wins. Jake Finch ends up second. Jarrett Butcher gets credit for third. Derek Thorne fourth. And Matt Craig, uh, winner of the Masters of the Pros at Nashville, comes home in fifth. So great show.
2: That was a great race to kick off the weekend uh, and oh man it just got better didn't it it sure did and so it was time for snowball derby and
1: my first my goodness the pre-race festivities were uh, immaculate they were insane they were everything that you thought they were going to be and then some and the crowd and i know covid and concerns but let me tell you you forgot you forgot about all that for a minute And you just looked at the crowd today because we're recording this uh, after the snowball derby. You looked at the crowd today, Rich, and you thought, "This is beautiful. This is what
2: racing's all about." It's what it should be all about. And um, you know, they had this is Florida. This is not Michigan. Mm -hmm. They they were allowed to have a full house.
1: And they had a full house. They sure did. And there were some masks, and you know, for those who are concerned about that, the the, the people the they wore the masks as they as they felt they needed to. And uh, but I tell you what, it was like you said, it was a packed place, and the fans came in droves to this event.
2: Yep, they all showed up this morning. They got all the they got all the haulers out this morning, and all the fans drove in and and set their cars up in the infield and had their cookouts, and, you know, it reminded you of, uh, you know, the Daytona 500, everybody parking and camping and doing – The tailgating. Oh, tailgating, making a day of it. It was unbelievable. Well, naturally, we had to – we sent you on a little bit of a
1: trip through the tech line, and you had a chance to catch up with All-American 400 champion Casey Roderick.
2: Here's what he had to say as he was headed to Ricky Brooks. (laughs) Well, we're in the tech line uh, for the 53rd Annual Snowball Derby, and I caught up with uh, the man that's looking for two crown jewels in a row, Casey Roderick. Uh, you got an All-American 400 in your back pocket heading into this event this afternoon. Uh, your team's got to be flying high.
6: They are. Everyone's having a good time this week, and uh, you know we're all soaking it in still from Nashville, I feel like. and um, I know I definitely am. It's, it's such a an awesome win for us and, and being my own team. and. And own car and all uh, you know it's something special that i'll be able to share with with my family and friends for for many years but uh you know we're we're looking to do the same thing here at the snowball derby this weekend and um you know i feel like we ha- we got a really good shot at it uh car felt really good yesterday morning in practice and uh, you know, I, I wish i'd done a couple things different for qualifying maybe started up you know a little further forward to the to the front there but uh it's all good we're, we're in the show that's all that matters we got a long race to get it done and uh i think that's where we we've shined
2: in the past is being there at the end so
6: we'll see what happens talk
2: about moving up and qualifying qualifying was tight for this event uh on friday night very tight you're going to roll off 13th not a bad spot for a 300 lap race no not at all i've, I've started back
6: there before and and uh i you know i feel confident in, in what we've got uh race package wise in the car so um like i said i'm just going you know buy my time
2: and and try to keep my nose clean and be there at the end so game plan take it easy the first part of the race and and uh kind of set you up with track position for the last hundred
6: yeah you, you know if i can move up a little bit i probably will you know try to start moving my way but i'm going to do it carefully and uh you know keep the car underneath me and and uh try not take on any damage you know anywhere and and um like i said you know we'll be accident free and and uh,
2: mistake free well this this is one of the teams here that's on fire uh, good luck this afternoon all right sounds good thank you
1: well sometimes the best late plans they just don't go to fruition, do they? Uh, Casey Roderick, he ended up uh, 28th out with just 234 laps completed. Uh, involved in an incident on the front straightaway just after the halfway point. So, tough break for that 25 car.
2: Yeah, something, something. Uh, I, think, I think they broke or bent something in the right front. And um, we were heading down towards, uh, as the race was winding down, we saw him sitting on the quarter mile there. So, yeah, disappointing, but... Uh, Boy, they early in that event, he was Casey Roderick was running second in that twenty-five machine, and uh, I I think he would have been somebody to reckon with uh, if he didn't get caught up.
1: You know who didn't have the probably the greatest day was Travis Braden in the fourteen machine. Yes, you heard me correctly, Travis Braden in the fourteen machine. But there's a guy who was just thankful to be
2: there. Yeah, you know anybody who spent any time on social media knows that uh, you know that platinum. Racing, they kind of ended their season after Winchester. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, Travis Braden was the defending Snowball Derby champion. He didn't have a ride for the Snowball Derby. So what's Travis Braden do? Goes out there and says, I'm going to find me a ride, and then I'm going to figure out how to pay for it. Right. In that order. (laughs) And uh, if you've paid any any attention, um, a lot of people donated to the effort for Travis Braden, and – you know, he was down there in the tech line and I just had to go down there and talk to him and, uh, and kind of get his thoughts on what he's been through the last two months. Well, we're still running through the tech line, and we caught up with the gentleman that probably has the story of the 53rd Annual Snowball Derby uh, after the Winchester 400, found out uh, Platinum Racing was not going to run at Snowball Derby. And, and Travis Braden, man, you uh, have been worked the last couple months. What a special story and the support that you've gotten from fans and other people to just basically set up this ride from scratch.
4: Yeah, I mean... Um it's definitely been uh, obviously a challenge you know like less than two months between uh starting to put this all together to to being here you know on the track so you know it all started with the with the Keaton family and the Jay Keaton race team um they were one of the first people that reached out and said hey if you know if you want to work something out we can probably make that happen and and uh that's where it all started you know so then from there we've had so many great people step up to help us um, whether it's sponsorship or just you know getting information that we need to be prepared Um, you know I've always had a hand in things but this is truly the first race of my career where everything was organized prepared ready to go uh, under my watch you know what I mean and and how I wanted it per se or how I thought it should be done so uh, that's a challenge right and I'm a perfectionist so I don't ever want to uh make mistakes and then there's a lot of people that helped me make sure that i had all the information i needed to do things right and be ready i think the
2: coolest thing is not only getting the partners together for this event but the fans that supported you that were buying a gallon of gas or a half a tire i mean normally a snowball derby champion doesn't have that problem the following year when you return but man that shows you the fans are all behind you in in, in this
4: yeah i mean we got obviously some really cool sponsors uh I'm blown away by the sponsorship that we got just in the in the short period of time, right? Because everyone's already, you know, prepared for this race. Everyone's already committed to stuff, and and a lot of that started with Tim Bryant, Bob Dillner, Tracy Goodson from here in Pensacola. Uh, we ended up with Northwest Florida AC on the hood, decent cutting horses on the on the door, and you know, to me that was cool to start out with having Pensacola people willing to support the snowball champion and someone that's not from here. Um, That was great. And then we had so much support from people. Uh, We haven't... We've been so busy, we haven't added it all up yet. But, you know, the, the, the number of people that donated, whether it was, like you said, just a gallon of fuel or some people bought a tire which is you know quite a bit more expensive or a couple people even bought a whole set of tires um, the number of you know individuals that donated was was kind of mind boggling honestly um, you know, we, we were hoping to get some support from that but we ended up you know a lot of support came from that and, and uh, that makes us feel good you know Jess and I as a, as a team trying to make it in racing um, you know, it makes us feel good that people want to see us doing this and they think that we should be here apparently. A <laughs>
2: priority For you was to not use the provisional that you had. Uh, You didn't have to. What kind of car do you got for this afternoon?
4: I feel really good about our race car. Um, You know, we didn't obviously test before the week of the race, which most people have been either racing here all year or they came down and tested the week before. Um, You know, my first laps in the car were were this past week, uh, just this this week of the race. So, you know, having that provisional, we didn't want to waste time focusing too much on qualifying trim and uh, because we kind of figured you know a lot of these guys put a lot of effort and a lot of time and money into getting that last couple thousands or hundreds of a second and so we probably weren't going to qualify a whole lot better than 20th, even if we had a great day, right? So why waste all of our time and a bunch of sets of tires and money and all that stuff? So let's focus on race trim. And so I think, you know, I think our race car is pretty solid. I'm a little concerned with just, you know, how the tires will will shake out the first couple of runs. Um, but if we can just stay focused and manage those first two sets of tires and be prepared for the last two sets and just be on the lead lap and, and you know, chugging along, I think that's what it's going to take to, to get in position at the end starting in the here uh, to have a chance
2: well you got a lot of fans up in the great lakes region where we're from and and they're all going to be supporting you watching you on speed 51 this afternoon good luck this afternoon travis all
4: right well we appreciate all of you and uh, hopefully you enjoy the show hopefully we make it exciting
1: well it was a good effort and uh, we'll break down the full the the full results and and how everybody did coming up but we went to the other side of the tech building and had a chance to catch up with a michigan native And uh, one of his drivers who's kind of up and coming,
2: (laughs) kind of up and coming. Yeah. We, uh, you know, saw Terry Seneca down there and, um, you know, he was working with this kid, uh, Chase, what? Chase,
1: Uh, is it Bill something? Yeah. yeah, Bill Elliott's kid.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, Terry Seneca was down there and, you know, you know, like we said, working, uh, trying to get him hooked up in that race car. And, um, you know, you got to thank Terry. We went up and asked him, hey, we'd like to have a few minutes to talk to you guys and, Terry worked it out for us. Mm-hmm. So uh Zach and I went over and we got a chance to talk with Chase and Terry for a few minutes. Well, down in the infield preparing for the fifty third annual snowball derby and uh caught up to a couple gentlemen, no stranger in the Great Lakes region. Uh one your twenty twenty NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott and uh former Glassity two hundred champion and chief cook and bottle washer at Seneca Performance, Terry Seneca. First chase uh man last month or so you guys gotta be still flying high. Yeah, I had a you know, really fortunate end of the season you know the
7: NASCAR season for us and uh, yeah I couldn't be more proud and, and happy about how that worked out so it's been been a lot of fun' been enjoying it uh, as much as you can unfortunately time you know you wish you could pause time in those moments but you can't so um, yeah keep moving on and, and certainly really really happy to be here and be back at
2: the snowball and glad to be in the show and, and uh, looking forward to the afternoon friday didn't go qualifying like you wanted to but last night this car was a rocket in the last chance race i mean basically drove through the field um, how do you feel about this machine today
7: yeah i appreciate all the effort i mean terry and, and everybody for you know working hard yesterday morning and and um getting it better i mean i still think we can be improved and i'm sure that the the good cars are already locked in or are going to be tough so um you know this is a pretty wild race i feel like in general so try to stay out of trouble and hopefully our car's solid and and we can execute a, a good race
1: well last question for you chase before we move on uh, this kind of starts a local racing thing for you before you head to the chili bowl and uh, kind of making some dirt debuts as well i know you don't want to look too far ahead you got <laughs> work to do here today but i'm um, gonna have a lot of fun this off season out of the cup car
7: yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to it it's been something i've wanted to do for the past few years and and run some races over the off season and i just haven't had the right opportunities or do the things kind of how I feel comfortable doing them. So this year I did and, um, you know, great opportunity to come down here and race, I thought kind of the way I wanted to do it. And, you know, I don't know anything about midgets or chili bowl or anything (laughs) about that, but um, had an opportunity to go, to go race. you know, with Chase Briscoe and asked me about, about driving. So, um, not sure why he asked me, but I, it's a race I've always admired and, and, and really enjoyed watching. And it's a skill set and a discipline that I know nothing about, but I think is valuable to learn. Um, I don't expect to go set the world on fire, but I am excited for the challenge and and to try to learn something new. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chase. Uh, Terry, I want to talk to you for just a second here. Uh, Talk to me about kind of the driver shakeup
1: that you've had and bringing Chase on and Seneca Performance. You guys got a lot of cars here and and a lot of solid cars here as well. This is a big day and a big day for you as well. How are you feeling right now?
7: It's been... Like any other snowball derby, you know, other than being able to work with Chase, who you know, like, uh, it's it's been a good opportunity. Uh, he really does the car justice, uh, I feel like. And um, but yeah, there's always high pressure when it comes with derby. Um, it's one of those weekends where it can be a great weekend or frustrating. And, and a lot of times it's bittersweet because we got so many drivers, and some have a good day, some have a bad day. And today won't be any different than that, I'm sure. But um, but, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to work with Chase, and, uh, you know, they're humble people, him and his family, and, uh, you know, it's really been a pleasure.
1: Terry Seneker, Chase Elliott, guys, uh, I know you guys got to get going, and, and we'd love to talk to you all day, but good luck today, guys. Uh, have some fun. Yeah,
7: thanks a
1: lot. Really was nice to catch up with them, and uh, uh, you want to talk about in the zone, man, and, and humble, too, just like what Terry said. Chase treated us like he'd known us uh, the whole time, and that was awesome.
2: Yeah, he, and and they were focused. I'm I'm sure uh, if he sh- didn't do what he did in that last chance race and, and and had locked into the back of the field with a car that he wasn't happy with, he wouldn't have been that happy right. today before we got a chance to speak with him. So well, I am so uh, glad, and he picked up where he left off, didn't he? Oh, man,
1: let's talk about 300 laps around Five Flags Speedway. Derek Thorne leads the field to green. And you kind of thought he was going to run away with this thing there for a little bit.
2: Well, he pretty much did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he—I don't know that there were many laps in the first 295 <laughs> that he didn't that he didn't lead. Um, you know, Derek Thorne had a dominating race car today, and what a fast pace! I think it was an hour and fifteen minutes in, hour and twenty minutes in, and you said, "Rich, there's hundred laps to go." Yeah, I'm like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. 200 laps in, in a little over an hour, uh, hour and a half. So I was amazed. Uh,
1: By the way, total race time, two hours, nine minutes.
2: Yeah, it was it was unbelievable, a fast race. Uh, they had three controlled cautions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tells you that they're going 75 or 100 laps green, or 75, 75. Laps, 75 yep. laps green straight. And I think outside of that, there were only two or three other cautions throughout the whole event.
1: Yeah, I think there was uh, one incident where, uh, let me see here, Mason Diaz gets into the turn four wall. Uh, I'm not sure if he had any help uh, or anything like that. We had the incident on the front straightaway, which again, uh, that collected Casey Rondrick, also the 39 machine of Kyle Siege involved in that one as well. Um, and, and really then the, the last incident there was with, uh, Boris Yorkovic, which brought a big end to his day. Glad he was okay. Cause that was a huge smack to the wall.
2: Yeah. He hit, uh, hit real big down there in turn one and two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it looked like, uh, I don't know what happened. It, he was trying to get to the bottom. Maybe, uh, Derek Griffin, he was. He was down there. They got together, and and Boris got the bad end ended of the a deal. top
1: ten run for him for Boris. He was having a really strong day. He
2: really was. He was running very. You know, never really quite got up to the top five, but he was solidly in the top ten all day. And uh, you know, he tore that car up pretty good
1: around the halfway point. A, uh, maybe a little bit before actually the halfway point. The frustrations of the weekend and the frustrations of that super late model for Steven Nassie continued.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened, but I'm. I'm you know, we, you where we're sitting, you can't see the whole racetrack, and all of a sudden you see...
1: Here's what I can tell you. The lap before he pulled in, that car did not sound healthy when it went into turn three. It, it it sounded like either the SD box, the MSD box either failed again or something more terminal happened to that car.
2: Yeah, I had I had the race monitor on my phone, so I'm just kind of watching it, and I had walked away for a few minutes, and then I see one lap down, <laughs> two laps down, three laps down, and I'm like... He pulled in the pits, and then I got five or six, and I said he's done. Yep. You know,
1: so t- another tough break for Steven nassie He did not get a chance to try to cross the line again. Uh, tried to cross the line first for two consecutive years in a row. Is that? Can I say that? Is that the appropriate way to say that?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty close. I mean, I mean, he was running second. He had a car. Far.
1: He had a very strong car, and I think that he. Uh, you know how they the, how they do this? They'll drive up their challenge, see what they got, and then start conserving. I think Stephen Nassi would have given them a run for their money, and I think if we'd have talked to him, he'd have told you he had a car that could win that race. Something mechanical failed again.
2: Well, like we've said before, Zach, they run the best right before they go. And uh, Stephen Nassi was giving Derek Thorne everything that he had right before it went.
1: So let's uh, talk about the final laps of this race. We get a competition caution with 28 laps to go. Uh, give or take, uh, maybe it was more like 25 to go, and then we retake the green with 16 laps to go. Boris Yorkovic gets into the fence. We go into overtime. Ty Majeski, Derek Thorne, prior to the competition caution, they were using each other up.
2: <laughs> and they weren't done then.
1: And they weren't and done, they, and, and, and they knew the competition. Here's what was interesting. They knew the competition caution was coming, and they didn't stop them from from just absolutely – they didn't annihilate each other, but they were throwing blocks, they were kicking cars loose, and they were putting the bumper to each other.
2: Yeah, five, six laps left in the snowball derby, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ty Majeski got a great restart, kind of picked up the lead, and then uh, Derek Thorne got a great run, and uh, down the back straightaway into turn three and four, got back by him, and then the next lap – time Majewski figured out I got this bumper I haven't used a whole lot of it all day yeah. Let's use it now now would be a really good time to use it and uh yeah it, it was time and the same thing didn't happen with Bubba Pollard um Derek Thorne kind of saved it and went on to finish second
1: you know and and here's the other thing about all of that uh, you you move a guy but you don't wreck a guy and I, I believe Majeski moved him and Thorne just couldn't get back to him.
2: <laughs> That's all there is to it. I think, after, I, I think, you know, I think Ty would tell you to a man, honestly, um, once he got by him, those were the hardest laps he ran all day because he did <laughs> not want Derek Thorne getting back to him because he knows exactly what would have happened. One.
1: Well, and in my opinion, Derek Thorne all but confirmed exactly what would have happened when we got a chance to talk with him. It, it's weird when you talk to Derek and, and those guys in. You talked to a guy who finished second at the Snowball Derby and was not
2: happy about it at all. Exactly. You know, and I talked to him, you know, at, at Nashville and he was fast. And, you know, then, you know, it, it uh, Derek Thorne probably should have won a couple of crown jewels the way it all worked out in the last couple of months here. But uh, we caught up with him and, and kind of got his feelings on everything that happened today.
1: In the tech area back here, and Derek Thorne, man, so close yet again. Uh, another really competitive car. Uh, between heartbreak and happy with how you ran, where are you at right now?
5: Oh, disappointed, extremely disappointed. We had a, an amazing car, you know, Mike Keen's done an awesome job of getting these things fast, and Byron Campbell's given us all the tools we need just uh i think the key to it was losing the lead there he used me up a little bit coming to the yellow flag on that competition caution and then uh got him back on the outside on that last restart and then he used me up again in three and four and he used me up enough where i couldn't get back to him in one and two and it was game over after that so you feel like maybe there was just a little bit too much of, of the bumper being used out there hey man he was doing what he had to do but in the end days he's, he's doing what he has to do to get by me and unfortunately it meant having to use the front
2: bumper You've had such a dominating car in your last two outings, the All-American 400. We know what happened there and here. How, how could, I mean, how, what can change this for you? Because I don't think you can make your cars any better in these last two outings. It's luck.
5: Uh, we had three sets of tires in the pits, and the uh, last set of tires we put on just didn't cooperate like we needed them to. Every set would act a little bit different, and unfortunately, we had the
2: wrong set at the wrong time. We were talking uh, near the end. Uh, caution comes out around lap 20. We're talking a Saturday night feature then. Um, I'm assuming you didn't want to see that caution at that point.
5: Um, Yeah, it's, it's just the derby. It's just luck. There's a lot of luck here at this race. You can have a dominant car, but more often than not, the dominant car doesn't win. And we're just another example of that. Derek Thornman, congratulations on a great run. I know you'd like to be one
1: spot ahead in the tech line, but nice job nonetheless. Thanks. What more do you say? I mean, what more do you say?
2: It, he did everything right today. Derek Thorne did everything right, led a bunch of, bunch of laps. Yep. And I don't know what the exact number was, but it had to have been well over 280 laps, I'm thinking, he led. Sure. Um, he had a dominating car, and when it came down to it, um, he had the wrong tires at the wrong time. And like he said. To have his bad set. Yep. Yep. Um, And and it cost him nothing that he did wrong, nothing that he did wrong.
1: Now let's give credit where credit is due. Ty Majewski ran second or third all day long, and that's no exaggeration. He was second or third every time he crossed the uh, start-finish line. And their team just did a better job, I think, in in the overall run of things. Ty Majewski on that restart started pulling away. If that had been a longer run, Ty Majewski walks away.
2: He probably does, you know, and – you know, Ty Majeski's 100 light model feature wins, you mm-hmm. know, um, in his career, over 100. And uh, he's no rookie at this. Uh-huh. He, he knows how to do it. And, um, you know, it it's was, it was pretty cool. We uh, went ahead and kind of caught up with Ty uh, while he was being confirmed the <laughs> yeah. victor. At this point, <laughs> it was
1: not official.
2: <laughs> it was, it was not official. You're
1: always nervous to interview people while they're in the tech building because— Well, there's a history there. So, but yeah, nonetheless, Ty made some time for us, and here's what he had to say. Ty Majeski man, Uh, so much emotion right now as we're back here in in the tech area, but you're almost ignoring all that because you know you crossed the line first. First off, just tell me about those emotions, knowing that you're a Snowball Derby winner.
0: It's huge, um, you know, for anybody in the sport. It doesn't matter how old you are or what your aspirations are in the sport. Anytime you can win this race, it's it's huge for um, your team, your entire career, and um, just glad we're finally able to to bring this one home Uh, we've been so close the last couple of years and um, you know we put ourselves in in position again and um, you know happy we're able to close it off.
1: Talk to me about those closing laps before the competition caution and after we just talked to Derek Thorne obviously he's seeing things a little different than you might Um, he talked about the contact he used the phrase "Use, use me up use me up use me up quite a bit do you feel like you used him up or do you feel like you just did what you needed to do to win the race? Um, I definitely did what I needed to do to win the
0: race. There was uh, certainly a little bit of contact. Um, you know I, I didn't want to give a, another one of these away. Um, I would have expected him to, to do the same thing to me uh, if the role, roles were reversed and um, again, the, everybody wants this race. the stakes are so high. Um, the competition is so stiff and um, just to be in that position is, is, is tough and uh, when you get in those positions you've got to take
2: advantage of them. And I, I guess you have to admit, you know, you're not calling it dirty driving, but I don't, whether it's the Daytona 500 or the Snowball Derby, um, when it comes down to those final laps, really, it's game on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was aggressive, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not disputing that, and I, I'm sure Derek is upset. He had a great car the entire week, and he showed unbelievable speed, and uh, we just peaked at the right time. We were able to at least give him a run for his money, and um you know, I, and I get his disappointment, and I, I'd I'd be I'd be mad if I was him too. Um, you know, I, I've been at the other side of, of races
2: like this, and it sucks for sure. We we were talking earlier today about uh, you got your 100th win over at New Smyrna back in February. Uh, you, now this one, Florida's been good to you. Uh, what are you gonna do now? What, where do you go from here? What's your ne- What's your next goal? You finally got a snowball derby in your seventh start, over 100 wins. Um, just an incredible career and you're you still got many years ahead of you
0: yeah you know i don't, I don't know what's next uh I, I hope this uh this win uh propels me into into something in the upper levels of nascar obviously i, I want to make a living i want to i want to drive race cars for a living that that's what i want to do and and hopefully uh this helps open up opportunities time
1: jessica congratulations man what an exciting finish and a nice job appreciate that thank you time Jeski, got it done snowball derby champion and uh You know, I thought thought it was interesting while we were interviewing him, his fire suit says NASCAR Gander Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. It's got the badge on it still. He wants to keep doing this for a long time, and and what a talented uh, young Wisconsin driver.
2: Yeah, and he probably deserves to. You know, he probably deserves to. Um, And I'm I'm always – I always feel better about an event when – a big event when – when a guy wins his first one. Yeah, sure. You know, he's won a lot of big feature. You know, uh, I think he, I think they said he was a three or four time ARCA Midwest series champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. But winning your first snowball derby is something you never forget. And um, he probably should have had one last year if not for that late wreck. And that which set up Nassie for the whole right. deal and everything like that. But um, yeah, no, I'm so so happy for Ty to get his first snowball derby. Uh, I like the guys that, you know have, it, like I said, haven't got one and they finally get it. I think that's pretty cool.
1: Majeski wins. Uh, he gets the job done by three-tenths of a second, over three-tenths of a second on Derek Thorne, who uh, surpassed Chase Elliott, uh, barely, by the way, at the line. Then Chandler Smith, Caden Honeycutt rounds out your top five. What a run by Honeycutt this weekend. A guy that you came into the weekend going, who? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he was, and every time we looked <clears throat> at the practice charts, he was up in the top five yes. all weekend long. He did a great job. And he, even during the race, I kept saying, he's not going away. Mm. He has all this talent. He has Kyle Busch around him. Yep. Chase Elliott around him. Steven Nassi, Uh Ty Majeski, And this kid is hanging with him and giving him all he got. Uh, just couldn't get up to where he needed to be. Uh, I think he needed a little more out of that number two car. But uh, he, he still had an awesome day.
1: Cole Butcher 6th, Kyle Bush in 7th. Didn't really make any noise this weekend at the Snowball Derby. Maybe that's okay for him to just kind of come in, have a mediocre run. I doubt that uh, just from what I've seen. I don't know Kyle very well, but I'm guessing not happy with how that went. But he had a, he had a couple of rowdy manufacturer cars that did very well. Caden Honeycutt right up there up front doing what he needed to do.
2: Yep, exactly. And I think Kyle Bush got up to 2nd or 3rd once and then – on. A, then on a pit stop and and then kind of fell back a little bit and then he kind of found his home back in there seventh eighth or ninth you know back in that area and that's where he ran and and it was pretty uh pretty easy to see when it got to about 25 laps to go that uh, it wasn't going to be his day
1: grant infinger brings it home eighth Derek griffin ninth kyle plot tenth Corey heim 11th jeremy Doss 12th travis braden brings it home in 13th with an underfunded program Great job for Travis to get the job done and and, uh, bring home a nice finish. Daniel Dye in 14th. Derek Krause in 15th. Um, The Canadian, Caden Lapsovich, brought it home 16th. Jeremy Pate, 17th. And uh, other friends of the program, Matt Craig, 19th and boris yorkovic as we said 25th is where he'll be scored and steven Nassi will be scored in 29th position note for you bubba pollard 34th pulled in with just 107 laps in the books are you concerned at all that when bubba pollard has a car that he's not happy with it does not take him long to get it off the racetrack
2: yeah i don't know that uh i don't know the if he broke anything today uh i just know the last two events where we've had had the privilege of seeing him at the winchester 400 and the all-american 400 um he was not happy with that car and retired so from the event so i don't know what's going on this is a whole different race car this car won the Red Bud 400 um that he was driving today that that uh that the car,
1: car he was driving today won the winchester 400
2: and won the winchester 400 so i don't know what the problem is um now I want to stop right there, though, because
1: as we just said, Bubba Pollard's very talented. He's used to running Seneca Performance stuff. You told me that you had a chance to catch up with that team this weekend. They put the Carson Hosovar setup on that car,
2: and Bubba Pollard couldn't drive it. Yeah, yeah, it could they put the exact same setup uh, on both cars? And uh, you know, Carson liked it, and, uh, and and Bubba just couldn't handle it. So, I don't. That doesn't surprise me. You have to set it up the way. The feel that the driver wants because if he's not comfortable with that feel, he's not going to feel, feel confident sailing that thing in the corner and getting in the throttle when he needs to and trust it that it's going right. to grip and bite and, or that, that it's going to turn.
1: And let's also remember that Butch Van Dorn and, and these guys, Johnny Van Dorn and, and everybody involved over there on, on that side of things and Bubba Pollard worked together for all of what, a week and a half?
2: Yeah, I think everybody thought more about it than what it was going to end up. I is thought it hard was hard to do.
1: I thought it was going to be more successful than what it was. I'll be honest with you.
2: I thought with what I've seen um, in recent months out of Bubba Pollard that there was a distinct possibility that you weren't going to see a lot of difference. Yeah. I don't know. He just hasn't had some some great runs. He had a, you know, he had a he had a, he had a nice battle down at the Southern Super Series Championship right here at Pensacola with Steven Nassie, Kind of faded to fifth at the end, but ran up front. Outside of that, he hasn't really had any finishes and hasn't liked any of the race cars he's been driving. And it happened again this weekend.
1: Does Chase Elliott getting behind that nine car for Seneca Performance and Terry Seneca help or hurt Bubba Pollard's Seneca career?
2: You know, I don't know. I don't know if this is just a one race deal. Um, it, it's in Bubba Pollard's lap what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he—he's it, no, still it's, Bubba Pollard. He's still Bubba Pollard. Whatever he wants to do, he's going to do. Um, does that? I don't know if that means that he just was looking for something different. We'll have to see what the winter winter bears and see if he makes any permanent changes to, uh, to his program.
1: It'll be interesting to see what happened. Uh, again, you know, some of our area guys didn't make the show a surprise that Carson Hosevar did not qualify in, but then you look at the size of the field and, and the, the, the uh, strength of the field and you go, well, I guess we understand why. So uh, that's, that's the way that it goes. And uh, man, what a weekend. So happy to be able to have gone to the Snowball Derby and take it all in man glad we were able to do it
2: had a great time uh, one more year a year from now we'll be right back here hopefully right <laughs> Right? I'm ready to come
1: back Speed Fest is coming up next month and uh, it's only going to be a couple of weeks before we're talking about huge payment late model racing nothing going on in Fort Wayne not a whole lot happening up in our region but I tell you what we're going to find some great interviews to bring you next week same time same place for Scott Menlin Fort Ridge France I'm Zach Heiser thanks for tuning in
3: You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to
2: HorsepowerHappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.